Looking for last minute gift ideas? Give your family the most meaningful gift this year and get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash AMR to get $10 off of your first purchase. Step up to a Nordic track treadmill with iFit. iFit controls speed, incline, and decline, which means the treadmill automatically mimics the changing terrain on the screen or adjusts the speed to the trainer's cues without you having to touch a thing. Explore Nordic track treadmills at nordictrack.com. We appreciate the continued support Dipsy gives to another mother runner. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash AMR. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Katie Snevice. Hello, Katie. Hi, Sarah. How are you on this Wednesday morning? Yes, it's been, what, I don't know, 45 minutes since (laughs) our last communication. (laughs) Well, if you count texting and emailing and phone calls, I mean, it's it's about, I talk to you more than, you're definitely my favorite on my phone. I mean, I do love you, but it's it's automatically, you're my favorite. More than my husband, my parents, everyone else. (laughs) I know. My iPhone, when when it updated, it was like, oh, do you want to do this for, you know, they're up at the top. And I, and I said, no. And it was like, oh yeah, we're doing it anyway. So they, <laughs> it's, it's Katie Snevice, Daphne, my younger daughter and Molly, my running partner. So Jack, not in the top three. <laughs> I know. I know. Dan picked up my phone. He's like, why, why aren't I one of the circles? And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. We don't talk that much on the phone. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Typically, you you are my colleague that I work the most closely with in it in any week, which is lovely. Um, but this week in particular, because we are all launching as we speak, it's tomorrow. But as people listen, it will be yesterday. That's that's a mind uh, mess. Um, it is we are launching the Outrun 2020 New Year's Eve virtual 5K, which is so exciting in a in an idea that you came up with what was it maybe a month ago or so when we were trying to talk about ways to keep people motivated through the holidays which is a very which exactly. is very unusual this year obviously yes exactly that and also you know I was thinking about it last night that our stride programs which were super popular we did the stride into the holidays or through I could never remember which um <laughs> at <laughs> what do you call those a conjunction verb? no not yeah. conjun- no 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 uh-uh. no is that a verb stride no 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 what is the after and before preposition oh, preposition yes, yes, which yes, preposition yes. oh gosh that was a real <laughs> fail on this English Rangers part um so so but I was thinking you know we always like to have a a donation a charity component to programs in December so that this program again the outrun gosh the and I have to get the order right I was the one who decreed what it was it is outrun 2020 New Year's Eve virtual 5k yes ma'am that's yeah. correct mm-hmm. <laughs> it, is, it is benefiting feeding America because all of us here at AMR are very concerned about um, food scarcity and people going hungry in this country. And it is really just almost a crime that one of the richest nations, perhaps the richest nation in the world has so much food scarcity, particularly among uh, children and seniors and families. And so that all the funds raised from this race will go to benefit feeding America. It's, it's amazing. I was watching our local news the other day, which I never do actually. Mm -hmm. And there was a segment on about this, this, uh, 
organization that gives out food like one weekend during the holiday um the holidays every year and it's a drive through and they load up your trunk with a box full of all amazing staples and pantry items. And they said that this was the biggest year, like times 10 in the past oh, yeah. 30 years that they've been doing this, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's 10 times bigger than it ever has been the line of cars. And it's just, it's, you know, obviously it's awful for anyone that um, doesn't have food on the table, but it's really the kids. It's just mm. heartbreaking to even. Well, and, about, and so. I mean, here we haven't had school here in Portland, Oregon since March 13th. And mm-hmm. so for so many kids, particularly at my son's high school, that all the kids at my son's high school get free breakfast. You don't have to qualify for it. And then, you know, I, I forget what percentage of the student body gets free or reduced lunch. And so just, you know, civic organizations trying to cobble together some sort of patchwork that can get some amount of food to people. It is just... It just mm-hmm. breaks my heart. And, and so, so that is what our Outrun 2025K is benefiting. And so we're just, we're really excited about it. It's a way to, you know, we hope bring a little light to a especially dark time of year, both literally and this year figuratively. And so, yeah, so people can check that out on anothermotherrunner.com. Katie made a beautiful landing page. And uh, thank you. Thank you. I was especially proud of this one because um, there was a lot of technical aspects to it. But I think one thing that is really neat about this particular virtual run is that, you know, it's a very low minimal fee to enter um, Mm -hmm. $5, but we are allowing you to donate anything you want on top of it, which will go directly to Feeding America. So Mm -hmm. I just, I'm really excited about, you know, determining how much we make and then writing that check to feeding America. And I think Mm -hmm. it, is it for every, is it $10 gets a meal? I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's, it's going to go a long, long ways. However much we donate, it's going to get a lot of food on people's um, plates this holiday season. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's our plug. So check that out on another motherrunner.com because you, it'll be in the drop down menu from the top navigation. (laughs) Yes. So one of the many details anyway, text, email, phone call. <laughs> You're like, yep, I'm, I'm driving my daughters right now. Uh, I, once I get back to my desk. I mean, I think my kids could do the whole pitch for us because we, they do listen in they, you know, my kids are at virtual school right now. So I answer the phone in my car. Thank God for that technology. And you know, they're like, mom, mom, is that Miss Sarah? Is that Miss Sarah? Is this about the run? And it's, you're donating to charity. How much do you think you're going to raise? And so they're really in it too. So they, um, I think I might actually run it with them, which would be really fun because they're Um, getting out the door and running more these days. So it'll be cool for all of us to do. And they want to donate some money from their like tooth fairy accounts. So it's, it's a, it's a neat family affair. Yeah. That is really awesome. That is really awesome. So we're going to go from that warm feels to um, a serious topic. It's um, today's episode is one that we've known we should do for months running after having COVID-19. As time goes on, we realize that it is not a topic that is or a situation that's going away, at least maybe not till next summer. And that um, just really, it, it you know, originally it was like, like, oh, okay, I found one runner who can talk about it. And now it's like, oh yeah, we got a lot. But one hold up that in why I kept delaying this episode is because I really felt it was crucial to have at least one person of color as a guest. And yet despite strenuous efforts from me and others in our on our extended team and just mother runners I know on social media to find a, a BIPOC woman runner to be a guest, we came up short. So I just wanted to say that, be upfront about that in the beginning that I regret because especially given that the coronavirus has disproportionately affected BIPOC communities. 
Mm-hmm. So um, our three guests today have all had coronavirus, and we'll talk with them after a break in a bit. But first, Katie, the reason you are co-host today is because you had COVID-19 this summer. So I did. I did. Um, and it was terrifying. It really was. Um, you know, I'll just give you the quick version, but we call Annie, my youngest, our patient zero, which I'm sure she'll have to go to therapy about, you know, you know, later <laughs> in life, but she, we found out later that she got it from her friend. Mm-hmm. So it was really random how it all happened. She was, I was taking her to her annual checkup. Her birthday's in January, mind you. And I was taking her in July. So I was a bit behind this year. <laughs> um, and you know, they take her vitals and I'm there with all three girls and they're like, she has a little bit of a fever. And I was like, what do you mean? I mean, she was totally fine. She didn't feel warm and it was like 99.7. And I was like, oh man. Um, and like, you need to go get her tested. And I was like, tested for what? I mean, you know, for strep, I don't, she's like for, for COVID. And I was like, what? It just was obviously it was on our radar. I mean, we had been, you know, at home since March, but I didn't think that any, she had no symptoms, which obviously we know that kids don't have symptoms typically. Mm -hmm. Um, so we went and got a test that afternoon and her results came back positive the next day, which Mm -hmm. just opens up a whole, can of worms. Like, oh my God, you know, do we have it? Who have we been around? Cause we hadn't seen anyone, but my kids were doing swim team, very socially distant, but they had been mm-hmm. going to swim practice. So my husband and I got tested. The other two girls got tested. The other two came back negative. Mm. And then Dan and I got came back negative four or five days later. Cause that's the earliest we could get a test. And that's the quickest, um, you know, the test came back. So long story short, Annie was the only one, but then she passed it along to myself and my oldest daughter, Ella. So three of us had it. My husband and Maeve never got it. Um, thankfully Ella and Annie were fine. Mm -hmm. I definitely got sick. Uh, you know, it, it, I felt like I had the flu, a really bad flu. I never had a fever. I never had shortness of breath, but which is again, really interesting points. I mean, people think that the fever is a telltale sign. Mm -hmm. Again, this is back in July. We know a lot more now and it's not, I mean, I never once had my temperature didn't even raise a half a, you know, now we're taking it all the time, five times a day really mm-hmm. measure it. But I think one of the scariest things for me was you went to bed every night, not knowing what you would wake up with the next yes. day. Um, mm-hmm. is that the day that your oxygen levels drop and we had to buy a pulse ox, you know, you're, you're just getting all this stuff shipped from Amazon. Um, because obviously you can't go anywhere. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I, you know, I just drank a lot. I uh, not, not wine, yes, I about to say. some noon and some water and tea and things like that. Yes. Or I wanted to, yes. Lots of water, lots of tea. I think that that helped flush it out quickly. I mean, I do think that, um, you know, hopefully this is what I tell myself is being in pretty good cardiovascular shape helps as well. Although I know there's a lot of people and some of our guests didn't fare well, mm-hmm. and they're in great shape as well too. But um, you know, just eating the, having a little healthy lifestyle, eating fruits and veggies, all of those things. I have to believe that those are some of the things that helped me get through it. Um, and we told our girls that too, a lot, cause they were terrified. Annie was mm. terrified when I told her she was positive, she started sobbing. Aww. And then when Ella tested positive the next week, she started sobbing. And so we were really trying to be mindful about telling them like, listen, you guys do such a good job of eating your vegetables, of getting good sleep, of, you know, being active that we're hopeful that because of those reasons that we will all be okay. And, you know, we've had a lot of health scares the past four years, so we don't take it for granted. And, um, but we were lucky, we were lucky. And I really haven't had, 
you know, any long-term effects either, which is amazing. Um, cause I see these stories about the long haulers and it just breaks my heart. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest symptoms for me was you were just exhausted. You like, wow. you know, I wake up, I make them breakfast and I had to go back and lay, lay down in bed for a little bit, or I'd hop on a call for work and you just, you have zero energy. So that, that was, that was difficult too, but it was like four or five really bad days. And then, um, it got better as, as the days went on, but yes. So, and as a given that, um, you know, we are another mother runner, the, Mm -hmm. when were you able to get back to running? I, I probably ran again. So I think I tested positive on a Friday. I think I ran again two weeks later. Mm -hmm. Um, but during that time, I mean, you know, we, are fortunate to live in Denver in an area that has a lot of great parks. And so I walked every day, um, mm. just cause I had to get out of the house, obviously in a mask on down the middle of the street away from everyone. Um, but we definitely, I definitely got out of the house and walked a little bit every single day. Um, mm-hmm. not miles, but just for my mental health, but also just to kind of clear my lungs a little bit. Right. And just mm-hmm. get some fresh air. So, mm-hmm. so I walked a lot, but I definitely didn't run for about two weeks. And, and I think that that is one thing that is very important for people to know, as I'm sure we all do is that you really have to take it easy when you come back to more strenuous exercise. Cause you don't know what type of lung of damage you, your lungs have been through. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there are definitely days where my lungs hurt. Um, and it's a little bit harder to breathe after a run or after an especially hard workout. I, I kind of want to go get a chest x-ray just to see if there is any long-term damage. Oh, wow. Um, because, and I, that also could be from some of the other stuff that I've been through the past four years, I don't know, but I would love to know. Cause there, like I said, there are days where I'm like, ah, it just hurts a little bit more today. So, wow. wow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing with us. And, yes. Um, folks should stay with us. Our first guest will join us after this break. Hey there, it's coach Liz from the train like a mother club. There's no getting around it. The holidays will be different this year, but that shouldn't stop us from feeling close. That's why I'm giving my loved ones the most meaningful gift this year, a chance to tell their story and share memories using StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through fun, thought-provoking questions about their memories and thoughts. It's a great new way to engage with your family, especially those you can't see in person right now. And even those you can see in person, like my mom, who's at our house every single day helping us with our kids. This is such a nice way to bring the conversation back to her and her life. We read the weekly stories together and it's so fun and it really gives us something new and a nice way to learn more about her. She told us about the time her family took a trip in the summer from New York City all the way out to San Francisco. And like any kid, the best part of that trip was jumping into the cold pool at the motel after a long day of driving in the car where grandpa didn't like to turn on the air conditioner. After one year, StoryWorth compiles these types of questions, answers, and photos you choose to include into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. My kids and I will treasure that book for many years to come. So this holiday, there's still time to get your shopping in. Get them StoryWorth. No shopping, no leaving the house required. You can get started right away with no shipping by going to storyworth.com slash AMR. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash AMR for $10 off. Whatever your reason for running indoors, whether parenting duties, safety, or convenience, you owe it to yourself to get a Nordic Track treadmill with iFit Interactive Connected Technology. It's a game changer. 
with a huge touchscreen. iFit transports you to an energetic studio workout class or stunning locations filmed in more than 40 countries across all seven continents. iFit offers up thousands of on-demand workouts from walking and hiking excursions up to speed building intervals and everything in between. There are even yoga boot camp and cross training sessions that will have you hopping off the treadmill. As I await delivery of my Nordic Track treadmill with iFit technology, I'm living vicariously through other mother runners who are already putting in miles on theirs, like Pam Harris, who was a guest on last week's show. Pam wrote in an email, I love using the iFit workouts on my Nordic Track treadmill to travel out of my house. I'm a beach girl stuck far from the ocean, so my favorite runs always involve the water, like today's four-miler along the coast of Santa Cruz, California. I also enjoy walking and hiking tours that take me to faraway locales. I've been traversing New England with trainers Jed Brophy and Graham McTavish, and I adore both the scenery and the guy's banter. Working from home, I sweet-talk my dad into making me a treadmill desk, and I walk and work for an hour or so several days a week. As Pam details, the possibilities on a Nordic track are endless. To see what she and I are talking about, head to nordictrack.com. That's N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K.com. See where you can go with Nordic Track Treadmill with iFit. Oof, December is a rough month. Shorter hours of sunlight and the demands of the holiday season amp up feelings of stress, anxiety, even loneliness. This year more than ever. And when you're feeling overwhelmed, pleasure is often the first thing that gets overlooked, even though it's exactly what might help most. Make your sexual wellness a priority and give yourself the gift of Dipsy. As you've heard me detail before, Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each short Dipsy story features characters that feel like real people, well, except hotter than the folks I run into, and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there. Find stories about a hookup with that bearded barista who you wish would give you more than just your latte, or a holiday party, remember those, that takes things to the next level. Or maybe a story where your partner tells you exactly what to do, or you try a new toy together. These are a few of the new stories added every week, and the app makes it easy to search for just the scenario you secretly crave. There's a new wellness section that offers a range of solo and partner activities. You can even start off slow with a calming hand or foot massage done with a partner. If you're like Jack and me, things won't stop there. Whatever or whoever you choose to engage with, Dipsy is the gift to give yourself this year. And for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com AMR. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash AMR. Dipsystories.com slash AMR. Our first guest is Rachel Watson. Rachel is a stay-at-home mom of three kids, ages nine, six, and three. She's also the founder of Act Your Age Community. We'll find out about that. Rachel and her family live in England, although, sigh, she does not have a lovely British accent. She is a a U.S. expat (laughs) living there. And um, Rachel contracted the coronavirus so early in March. Um, She is what people are calling a long hauler. Rachel only resumed running a few weeks ago. Thank you for joining us from across the pond, Rachel. Oh, thank you for having me and doing this episode. I'm, I just really appreciate it. Oh, good. Thank you. You have been very patient waiting for us to do it. So before we dive in, tell us about the Act Your Age community. So this is something I came up with in, uh, boy, I think November of last year of 2019. I was trying to think of ways to motivate myself um, to do different acts of kindness, generosity, connection. And I thought, what if I commit in 2020 
to doing the same amount of acts of kindness, generosity, connection as the age I'm turning, which was 35. And then I thought, well, it'd be more fun with other people. Uh, <laughs> it always is. You know, and it holds, yeah, I'm an extrovert, so I need people. And uh, so I just put it out there and, and you know, some of my friends joined and some other people and, you know, we didn't know 2020 was going to be 2020, but um, uh-huh. yeah, so, but we've all been doing it together and um, we're going to do it again next year. So nice. And if people are interested in it, they can find it on Facebook and I can. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. If you want to join. Yeah. Happy to have you. Very good. Rachel, tell us a little bit about your running background, um, you know, before this year, because obviously 2020 has been a yes. wash. Um, but I, it sounds like you've been a runner for seven years and you were training for your first marathon, uh, when everything yes. happened. So tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Okay. So, um, I'm a, I'm a mover. My background is in, uh, dance. I was a professional dancer. I taught and, um, and when I was, yeah, about seven years ago, I had had my son, um, my second child, and I was sort of looking for, um, a way to move again, something to, you know, exercise and also socializing, you know, you were like, you have a toddler and a newborn. And, um, I had these two girlfriends that were going to do a catch to 5k. So I sort of inserted myself, invited myself into it. Um, (laughs) it is so, I mean, I was not a runner. Um, when that happened, my husband's like, Oh, okay. Okay. Like we, we can do that. You know? And I'm like, what? He's like, nothing, you know? Okay. And, uh, I, I, I like told them one week and the next week they're like, by the way, we're going to actually do a half marathon in like the spring. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> I was like, um, okay. And I, you know, I had made the commitment, so I didn't want to like say no, or, or look like I was scared, but I just thought I wasn't going to make it to the 5k, you know, but, um, you know, those couch to 5k programs are just so handy. And, uh, so I got to 5k and then I thought, I'm just going to keep going until, um, you know, just uh, until my body stops me and it didn't. So I did the half marathon and then it just boy clicked with me, like, you know, the like mental and physical challenge. And I, uh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I was hooked. Awesome. Okay. So you're training for a marathon and then you start feeling sick. So tell us about your symptoms and how the illness progressed for you. Cause I have to say my heart cracked a little when I read it in an email that you wrote for months, I spent most of my time in bed. And if I felt up to it, I'd sit by my bedroom window and look at the trees blooming and the runners going by. Aww. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, so in March is like 19 March, which is when, you know, kind of lockdown was starting to happen or been announced that it was going to happen here. And, um, I was going on this like socially distanced run, uh, with my running partner who I was going to run a marathon with. And, um, and that was in the morning and it was just a great short run. And then that evening, uh, my throat hurt and it kind of felt like, um, like that tickle when you have, allergies or something. And, but I just thought it was allergies. Um, but then, uh, the next day I started getting these like intense muscle pain and, you know, like Katie said, like that fatigue. And I just like went down, you know, Mm -hmm. super fast. And I didn't know what was happening. I didn't, um, it was just painful. I like, I was just down for, you know, 
I don't know, four or five days. And then suddenly like this light switch went on in my chest and I had this lung pain. Like I'd, I had bronchitis like once uh, in my twenties and it kind of felt like that, but I had had no cough, you know, no congestion. So no post nasal drip, nothing that was like aggravating my lungs. Mm-hmm. So I was just so confused by that. And then I had like, you know, two weeks where it was really bad. And then I had like this, this time when I, I sort of started to improve and, um, you know, I was trying to like walk, resume walking, or, you know, I even wanted to like resume running, even though my friends were like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> right. But I was like, still like my eye was on the marathon. Right. Like, sure. I didn't think at long haulers, like that was not a term, right? Like mm-hmm. we didn't know that. Um, and then I got like week four or five, I just got like shortness of breath. Um, really, I, again, like laid up in bed and, you know, my husband came in and he looked at me and he's never, um, he's never looked at me that way before. Mm. Um, and I knew it was like bad, you know, mm. and, um, and then it was, I just didn't improve for months. So oh. mm. have you um, had any neurological issues from COVID or from, you know, the, the effects of COVID? Oh, yes. So I had, um, I had respiratory, I had cardiovascular, I had, mm-hmm. uh, ne- and the neurological, yes. So I had uh, lack of concentration. I couldn't read a book anymore. I couldn't like mm. um, scroll Facebook, you know, people would be like, oh, it's really great. You know, just try to enjoy the downtime. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> like, and, I, and I, I mean, I love these people, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I, it's when you're healthy, like being locked in your bedroom without your children coming in, not having to cook, clean, you know, that was, <laughs> that was like a vacation. Yes. But it wasn't that, you know, I was, I was just like incapacitated. I also had like, I would try to like, I I started breaking dishes because I, um, either I thought I was like holding it, but I wasn't holding it hard enough. And then it would just like drop on the floor or I'd try to put a coffee mug down and like, it wouldn't like, I I've set it down harder than I, like, it's like, I Mm. didn't know where the countertop was, you know, like things like that. I had, um, you know, I even had like sometimes like at night where I would wake up and I was just like involuntarily like shaking, but I didn't, I was so sick that I never even mentioned it to anyone. It was just kind of like in retrospect, you know? Mm. Yeah. So there's, um, and as I got better, it was hard, like to think about, I don't know, like work the right word or people's names. I just forgot people's names, you know? And, um, sort of, yeah. Have your doctors been able to you know, I mean, what have your doctors said about it? Have they, are you doing physical therapy or, you know, is there anything else that you you can do? Well, I think like now I have all, like all the neurological stuff is resolved, you know? So, and, um, so right now all of my symptoms are pretty much resolved except for some, um, ankle pain in my joints that, um, sort of a byproduct of like being on bed rest for so long. Like, yeah. So they were trying to figure it out. Um, I was having basically in, um, 
September. So in August, I started to be able to walk more. Uh, before that, I could probably walk about like a quarter of a mile. Um, and that would take me about like 40 minutes. Wow. Um, so everybody was passing me, you know, wow. <laughs> yeah. like on the, on the streets, you know, so that, that was me in, um, in April, in May, in June. And actually in July, um, we, I, I downgraded my walks because I realized that like a quarter of a mile was a long run for me. And, um, so I, I started just doing five minute walks a day. Um, my quarter of a mile walks weren't daily. They were just sort of like when I could rest up and save my energy to get out. Um, Mm -hmm. but so doing those five minute walks really helped my energy, my body knew what to expect, you know? So I just, so it could sort of like even out like my bad days and my good days would sort of even out. And then, um, in August and September, I was September, especially I was finally able to walk and I was just so happy. I was just walking everywhere, but that was a lot of pressure on my joints and I have hypermobility in my joints. So they think the doctors, they were a little puzzled by my joint pain, but they think it's because, um, the muscle atrophy and my joints are so flexible that, uh, they're not being supported enough. Mm. So, yeah. So when Sarah emailed me in September, I told her, I was like, well, the physiotherapist just told me I had to walk less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm yeah. like, I don't know if I should be on a running podcast, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> any forward movement, Rachel, any yeah. forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so, but then when I emailed you again in November, you had said, um, or maybe it was earlier this month, said you were able to resume running recently. So hallelujah. So tell us what that was like, including the fact that you're, I love that your best running friend, the one you've alluded to was with you. Um, she was with you on your, um, uh, last pre COVID run in March. And then again on your first post COVID run. So, um, cheers for best running friends. Oh yeah. So I had sort of had to like give up any expectation of running like ever. Um, Mm. probably I'd say like June or July, because I had just been, um, still struggling so much. And I just had to like accept my limitations, which is hard for us runners. Right. Cause we're always told to like go beyond, right. Like push further. And I had to like accept the very minimal, minimal amount I could do and just be okay with that. And just, I was going to be happy if I could return to like playing with my kids, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. as the year went on and I did finally start to improve, you know, September and October and November, even if I had joint pain, um, like my chest completely, all the, my lungs healed up, um, it seems, you know, for the most part, I don't have daily lung pain anymore. And, and my body just started to feel so ready. And so, um, I also kind of got the go ahead from a doctor. Um, and so I started the couch to 5k program. It's like a nine week program. And, Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, just the very bare minimum. And so I texted my friends, my running partner, who's 
you know, she, we were going to run a marathon together. We were like literally the fourth and fifth person on January 1st to register for this marathon <laughs> on the Isle of Man. We were so ready. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, I was like the worst running partner because then I just left her, you know, and of course then, yeah, but I think, pretty I good think excuse, though. Yeah, I was about to say, I think yeah. you have a legit excuse. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you'll get a note. To, you'll get a note from your doctor, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, you know, yeah. So she was, so when I uh, started this run and uh, I think it was like, I can't remember November 29th or 30th or something. I kind of just texted her. I was like, Hey, I'm going on my run. And she immediately was like, Oh, I'll go with you. You know, I was like, are you sure? Cause it's going to be like, you know, <laughs> the couch is the day one. I mean, you're walking more than running, you know, but she did. And I think by the end we were both like very emotional because we realized it'd been eight months. So, wow. Yeah. Um, in an email you wrote this fall, you said, this is a very different health profile than I had at the beginning of March. What I'm grateful for is that this longer illness gave me the chance to slow down. Although we know from your comment earlier, what that really means and enjoy different aspects of life. I never would have enjoyed because I always turned to running for my mental health. I'm excited for the opportunity to rebuild my health from the ground up once I've fully recovered. I mean, you are a silver lining kind of girl. It's such a great perspective. Um, tell us a little bit more about that change in attitude and approach and how it's helped you get through this one step at a time. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, running, you're thinking about like speed and you do get to enjoy the stuff around you, but when you're on a slow, slow walk, <laughs> You're looking at like the same wildflower plant, you know, (laughs) like the same one that you like the tortoise or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, you just realize, I think there's a lot of me like slowing down. I started like posting these pictures of um, all the plants and the flowers around me uh, on my Facebook. And, uh, you know, I got really involved with the flowers in my backyard. And it was like, my social life was like talking to the flowers. Yeah. Talking to the flowers. And like, and and I like made up like feuds between them. (laughs) So that was, I can relate Rachel. I can, I can. Yeah. I mean, we all have kind of done that. Right. And totally. Yeah. So there was that. And also I started watercolor painting. I've never been in into that but I you know I was always a mover like that was what I did and it was neat to see like and I'd encourage like listeners if they're ever in my shoes like you will find different aspects of your personality and Mm. of yourself and like you're gonna be amazed to find it you know because running was always what I turned to Mm. so um and I'm sorry I forgot the second half of no, 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 no. Nope. You, you answered the question about, yeah, kind of that, um, okay. that a, a force shift, but it sounds like that you were able to see the beauty of it and, yeah. um, or just we're pleased you're back running and that you're able to join us today. So thank you so much, Rachel. And we wish you continued recovery. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you, Rachel. Bye. Our next guest is Lauren Wilkie, an ultra runner and structural engineer who lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where she lets us know there is snow on the ground. Um, 
like AMR, Lauren gets support from Noon, maker of our most favorite electrolyte replacement tablets. Had to give the shout out there. <laughs> so, and um, like our first guest, Lauren contracted COVID early on in the pandemic in March. And also like Rachel, unfortunately, her symptoms and side effects still linger. So thank you for making time to talk with us, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured I'll mention at the outset, you quote unquote warned me, you'll probably cough during this interview, a sign indeed that COVID-19 is not yet in your rear view mirror. So we're sorry about that. Yep. Yeah. I've gotten, I've gotten better at muffling it, but it's definitely how my coworkers know if I'm on a call or not now. <laughs> they know if the okay. coughing is in the background. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, well, tell us, let's just rewind and pretend like it's 2019 and tell us about your running background um, before all of this happened to you. Um, I started running when I lived in Arizona um, 11 Mm -hmm. or 12 years ago. Um, I wanted to do something that was a challenge for me, something really hard. I felt like I'd always like college was easy and just different things in my life had always been easy and I wanted something legitimately hard and that was running for me. And that was kind of like just before the born to run boom and where everybody started to run. So I, I kind of picked it up just before that and realized that distance is definitely where I prefer to be. Um, the longer the, is kind of more suited to me. I can't do the fast stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of went for, I went from couch to 5k to a 10k to a half marathon to a marathon um, and it was also right when Aravipa running was kind of getting founded, getting all of their stuff together in the Phoenix area. So they had lots of sort of test runs, come see our new equipment and stuff. And so they had a free uh, six hour run. I think it was a six hour run um, mm-hmm. five days after my first marathon. And I was like, well, I'm not missing out on a free race. So I went and did a 10K. <laughs> wow. Oh on totally thrash legs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And then from there, just kept running. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I suspect that like our first guest, you're pretty young. So, uh, you know, Rachel's 35. (coughs) Could you tell, could you tell us your age and if you had any underlying conditions of which you were aware? Um, So I'm 36. Um, Mm -hmm. I did have a very little bit of asthma um, when I was a kid, Um, when it was really, if I ran when it was really cold out and get that like cold burning in your lungs, sometimes that would kick up a little bit for me. Um, mm-hmm. but I had an inhaler that had been expired for two years by the time I oh. got to the doctor here. Um, okay. other than that, just, you know, all the normal injuries that runners get or that I tend yeah. to get, but <laughs> nothing medical wise <laughs> other than that. Yeah. Okay. Take us back to March and the onset, um, and really the progression of your illness. <laughs> I mean, I, we know that you were in the hospital for a short stint. So just kind of walk us through those early days and, and how you're, and how COVID progressed for you, please. Yep. Yeah. So I think most people have kind of found my story, know my story through a women's running article by Erin mm-hmm. Strout. And so that was written about four mm-hmm. months ago. Um, and I was about four months in at that point. So this is kind, kind of a good halfway marker to where I am now. Um, back in March, I, I, in my normal job, which it's not normal times anymore, um, I would travel for work. And so I just fly all over the country and see different buildings, do building inspections. And the first two weeks of March, I had 12 flights in 14 days, um, which isn't, it's more than usual, but it's not, that's not unusual for me. But that was the beginning of March when everything was 
you know, starting to get really bad. And we, I probably got the virus somewhere around March 10th. Um, that's the day that I flew Pittsburgh to St. Louis to Salt Lake City. Um, mm. And there were, there were a few TSA workers at Salt Lake who later tested positive. <laughs> and oh, wow. there's a lot of people who you pass by, you know, it's, uh, in, uh, mm-hmm. St. Louis is a pretty big airport sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's most likely I got it traveling somewhere in there. Um, Mm -hmm. and then my first kind of the first symptoms that I noticed as symptoms were on Friday. So I was Tuesday, the 10th on Friday, the 13th. Um, -hmm. I woke up and had a very dry cough, just constant, constant dry cough. And that's really unusual for me. Um, if I get a cold in the winter, I have like one of those gross hacking wet coughs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) But I never had a dry cough ever in my life. Um, and I watch all the news and everything, lots of travel information. And so I knew, I knew right away, this, this has Uh to be what it is. This is bad. Um, I was -hmm. supposed to inspect a nursing home that morning Um, So I got there and said, there's no way I'm going in there. Um, And Uh I got on the first flight home. Um, From there, um, my breathing started to get really bad about four days after that, um, on the 18th. So about eight days after I initially got it, we believe, is when my temperature went over 100, 101. And my breathing was I couldn't lay down and breathe. I, I spent the whole night sitting up sort of thing. Oh boy. Um, and so yes. that's when I went to the hospital and they ran basically every test they could um, since it was so early March 18th and it was a smaller hospital, not our great big network here. Um, mm-hmm. They they did a COVID test, but they didn't have anywhere they could send it. So oh, wow. <laughs> they Gosh. went, they did chest x-rays, they did flu tests, they did EKGs, they tested everything else. They were really worried I might have a blood clot, um, mm. but um, they made sure to clear that up. And they were like, it's COVID is definitely the only thing this can be. You're a presumed positive case because we can't mm-hmm. test it. And there you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> wow. 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 So, so we know you have lingering um, symptoms and it sounds like they're constantly changing and evolving. Um, So, and you also mentioned that there's a recent stretch of three weeks where you said you were quote, essentially motionless. So kind of talk to us about how April, May, June, and, and ever since, you know, what, what the roller coaster has been like. Yeah, probably essentially motionless for an ultra runner is a little bit different than most people, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) basically just trapped in my house on my couch um, and in bed. Uh But yeah, um, that counts. That counts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So my, my symptoms have really been, um, they've been focused on breathing issues. Um, Mm -hmm. Breathing gets hard for me and coughing. um, And I have a little bit of nerve damage in my foot, which is kind of separate, but Um, with the breathing in particular and the fatigue that that creates, um, I tend to go through cycles of like two to four weeks at a time or so that I'll be, I'll be good for two weeks and then something happens and I'm bad for another two to four weeks and then I'm good for two to four weeks and I'm bad for two to four weeks sort of thing. Um, Mm. And sometimes it's, um, if there's something that's an irritant and gets in my lungs and we had a really high ozone day um, in July and Mm. that, that set me back really poorly. Um, 
it, wow. it wasn't announced until after I got home from trying to do a run <laughs> and realized this, something's wrong. Oh, right. It's a, it's an ozone day. Um, and that knocks mm-hmm. me out for a good six weeks, I think. Um, wow. Our neighbors wow. at one point had a great big bonfire <laughs> and that set was mm-hmm. just over the fence and it came over and that was another like four weeks. Um, so it just kind of cycles for me. Um, right now I am on nine different medications um, to try and oh manage everything. Um, and so all those medications don't necessarily like each other. Um, so the last, my last two to three weeks were more medication issues than the actual COVID, just really fatigue and some like migraines that the medication created. So at that, okay. now it's kind of trying to balance, but trying to get better because I'm not in like a crisis state anymore, but figuring out which drugs are going to be good long-term and all together good, <laughs> good. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Man, have you, I mean, tell us a little bit about your attempts to return to running. I know, you know, you mentioned you've gone out a few times, but how, what does that do? What does that look like? How long are you just trying to go easy and just add a few more minutes or, you know, a few more quarter miles each time? What is, what's kind of your plan? Um, I always start by walking. Um, so I'll go Mm -hmm. out and, um, trying to just walking outside is kind of the one thing that really, makes me feel better, you know, in my head and emotionally. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had some really good stretches this summer where I could go out and walk really nice long stretches. Um, and then um, since I'm in Pittsburgh, it's very hilly here. And so mm-hmm. I can kind of get a gauge on when I'm going up some of the hills. Um, I definitely have the flat routes planned out and I stick mostly to those. <laughs> but when I can walk up the hills and feel a little bit better, then I know that I can probably start to try to run again. Um, and at that point I just kind of, I'll scatter in, you know, 10 seconds if I can, or 30 seconds, um, and repeat that at, as possible. Um, and that's just kind of, I've done that a few times throughout the last eight months. Um, it, it never has lasted very long, more than, you know, two weeks or so at a time. Um, so it's never, you know, grown up to anything further than, you know, half a mile at a time at the most. Um, and I've, recently just been able to start running again here it's I'm just doing little pieces little pieces uh, this week and it's the same sort of thing that previously my lungs were definitely the issue that I would be gasping for air and not being able to get enough air in Um, and now that things are stabilized a little bit more it's definitely my muscles um, being inside and not doing anything for so long. Um, my legs are very, very weak. <laughs> so now they're mm-hmm. uh, trying to, oh, I can, I can do another 10 seconds. I can do it. No, maybe now I can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You, like you have one part of it figured out, but then the other part of your body can't keep up. That must be frustrating. What do your doctors, what's the advice that the doctors give you? Are they just, <laughs> do they tell you to kind of go on feeling or are they just, just keep it easy? Just, you know, do a little bit at a time. I mean, what's there's, there's obviously so much information out there that they're, they're saying that people need to really take their time getting back to exercising, especially at a higher heart rate after COVID. So I'm just curious what they've been telling you. Yeah. They've, they've basically told me to go by feel. Um, okay. at this point I've, I've run ultras for a little over 10 years at this point. Right. So they, mm-hmm. they were like, at this point, you understand your body better than we do as doctors who don't know what running really is like, um, right. so um, yeah. they've, they've trusted me to kind of feel it out myself, but 
Um, they've also, um, they're all within about a mile of my house and they know that, <laughs> that um, they, I know that they have an open door policy. I can call my pulmonologist and say something's not right and go in uh, right away. Um, and he's, mm. he's really, he's close and he's, it's, we're within a, about a mile and a half of the hospital. So. <laughs> well, that's amazing to have that access yeah. and what you need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and that took a long time too. When I talked to Aaron, um, four months ago, I ha- didn't have any access to any doctors. So okay. mm. I mm. found that interesting too. When I was diagnosed, I- I'm ashamed to admit that I did. I don't have a general practitioner. I didn't have one. So I had to find someone. And the woman that I spoke with um, via zoom was just so nonchalant about it. She's like, get a pulse ox. If it drops below 92, go to the hospital. That was basically all she told me. And I was like, okay. I mean, there's a lot of wiggle room in there. Um, is there any medication? You know, she just was not and I get it that the doctors are trying to figure this out the same time that we are too, but I, I'm so happy that you've been able to find a team that's got your back and that's accessible to you and, and really helping you get through all of this. Cause that's, that's what you need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a big difference from the early kind of the earlier half of where I am right now. Um, but mm-hmm. the, the first four months, um, there, my doctor just said, well, if you feel worse, go to the hospital. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I never, I never thought that I felt bad enough to go mm-hmm. back into the ER and risk getting it again, or, you know, all, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's also part of the thing about being a runner, you know, you, you know, we're used to pushing past pain and, or just living with discomfort. And it's like, okay, where, where's the line of, mm-hmm. of this, this is bad enough. This is something completely outside of my control. It's not me just pushing my body. It's, it's something else attacking my body. So um, in an interview with, in that women's running piece, you mentioned you have COVID toe. So could you tell us what that is? Cause it, it does not sound fun. Um, it's a phrase that I had heard around the beginning, probably like April or so when I was you know, stuck inside on quarantine and just watching CNN and MSNBC nonstop <laughs> to know what was uh-huh. going on. Um, and I haven't seen much coverage of anything um, kind of extremity related since then. Um, but COVID toe, there's people with uh, finger issues. It's basically nerve damage um, in your extremities. So for me, it's mostly the second and third toes on my right foot. Um, mm. It's it's gotten better since I talked to her in August. Um, I think probably just because there's more oxygen getting to them and just things have settled down a little bit. Um, mm. And I'm also taking aspirin as a uh, blood thinner, you know, just in case, you know, with all of the blood and clotting issues that, mm-hmm. um, that maybe that's making some of the pain feel less, but, <laughs> um, and it feels, it's not all the time, but it's mostly like when I use my foot, if I go out for a walk, if I go out for a run, it feels like there's a Lego underneath those two toes, like that sharp mm. edge, that sharp, hard plastic edge. Um, and it, it just kind of stays there. Once, once the pain starts for the day, it's there as long as I keep walking. Mm. Um, wow. I, it's, it's interesting. I think that that's what I found too, is the, the just random side effects. I woke up in the middle of the night about a month ago and my big toe on my right foot was throbbing in pain. And I'm like, what, what is going on is what happened. And then you do a little bit of research and you're like, wow, that might be a lingering effect from COVID, which is just so bizarre. Um, and it went away, but it definitely comes back. And again, 
every now and again, not nearly as bad as what you have, but it's just all of the different side effects are just so fascinating to me and, and annoying, especially for, for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it makes me wonder what sort of things I have, you know, not necessarily picked up on and attributed to it that could be related. Um, just general fatigue. I always, if I've, I'm tired, I figure, oh, I just did too much. I'm tired, but who knows what part of COVID has, you know, that right now I think it's a lot of medication induced uh, fatigue <laughs> mm-hmm. um, since I'm on a lot of um, allergy sort of related products to protect my lungs from freaking out if there's another irritant. Um, so oh, I'm the type okay. of person, yeah, I'm the type of person if you give me one Benadryl, I'm out for 12, 18 hours. Sure. And yeah. so I'm on a few different allergy medications that are, they're the non-drowsy kind, but it's when you have a sensitive system, they're not non-drowsy. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, with everything, you know, obviously you are still, um, dealing with a lot of side effects and, and as you mentioned, just kind of balancing out all the medications, you know, what's your approach to running and work and living your everyday life right now with this new post COVID world that you're living in? Uh, For me, it's really a, just a day to day sort of thing, week to week, things seem to change a little bit week to week for me, whether it's a different medication or just the way I feel. Um, It's kind of that like week time frame that tends to kind of block things off a little bit better. Um, I'm luckily my travel job, I can, we've changed it so I can work at home. Um, I haven't traveled anywhere since March 13th and uh, which is drastically different from beforehand, but now I can do it all at home. So that's helped, but it's mainly just, it's kind of a day to day, a week to week sort of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So any parting <coughs> work, any parting words of advice for people? Uh, just avoid it as much as you can. I think it's important to know that you can be an otherwise healthy, fairly young person and have it knock you out for the whole year sort of thing. Um, Uh It's you could get it and you could be fine or you could get it and not. Um, And if Uh you have, if you have a job, you have to go to, if you have kids, you have to watch for you. It's so much harder when you have to sleep sitting upright because you can't get full bright breaths laying down. It's so much harder if you just can't breathe when you're trying to do those things. So Uh Just avoid it as much as possible and stuff will Mm -hmm. be, things will be there in another year. They'll be there in two years. It's, it, you don't have to go to a race this year. They'll exist in the future. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing yourself on this, Lauren. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Our final guest is Michelle Adler, a mom of five with kids ranging in age from 14 to 24. Michelle is a teacher. She kindly, I think, got a substitute to fill in for her for a little bit. Um, And Michelle lives in Andover, Kansas. She was sick with COVID last month, so she's fresh off the coronavirus. Thanks for coming on, Michelle. Sure. Happy to be here. Michelle, I'm from Kansas City, so just a few hours down the road from you. So I'm, I always love speaking with another fellow Kansan on the phone. Um, tell us a little bit about your running history. You said that you've been a lifetime runner. Um, so what does that mean? And what did it look like before, before COVID? Um, I started running as a kid. My parents had me start running races and I realized, um, I could do that. I couldn't necessarily shoot a basketball all that well, or, or, or hit a bat, hit a baseball or a softball, but I could run. 
And so I ran all through high school. I ran in college at Emporia State. Um, as soon as I finished college, I started running road races. Um, I've done Boston, New York a couple times, dozens of half marathons, seven marathons. Um, I would consider myself a lifelong runner, not always um, fast, not always competitive even, but certainly I have always run. I don't really know my life without running. There have been breaks for pregnancy, um, but even then, um, pretty short-lived. And as soon as I got cleared to run, I usually started running again um, and picked up miles fairly quickly. Love it. Nice. That's the reason you have such nice legs. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> when she sent photos, I'm like, wow, she's got a glamorous set of glams there. Gams. So, uh, well, thank you. <laughs> so um, Michelle, so um, tell us about your symptoms of COVID-19 and the course of your illness on a survey I asked potential guests to fill out. You ranked your cases two out of five. We, um, I work in the schools and I really thought if I was going to get COVID, I would probably pick it up from somewhere around the kids. Plus mm -hmm. I have my own kids and I figured someone would drag it home. That is not how we got COVID in our family. Three of us got it at the same time mm -hmm. and none of us are in the same place very often. Mm -hmm. And so my husband came down with it the very beginning of November. He lost his smell mm -hmm. on day three. We probably would have assumed it was a cold. But when he lost his smell, um, that for everyone seems to be the telltale sign that you should go get tested. Mm -hmm. uh, by the time he was able to get a test, my 14-year-old son and I had started running um, low fevers. Mostly it felt like a cold for us initially, congestion, um, a little bit achy, but we did have low fevers. Um, right around 100, none of us ran a fever in our family that was higher than that. The biggest issue we all had was a lot of congestion in our, in our heads. None of us had any chest congestion wow. um, until later on the kind of the downhill side. I think it was mostly from things moving around, the congestion kind of resettled. Um, lots of fatigue. We were all really tired. We didn't necessarily want to sleep all day. We just didn't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. We're all very active. My husband was home from work. My kids were home from school. Once we, um, by about day three, realized even if we didn't have testing available um, in the second week in November, which is when we got it, testing was really hard to come by where we live. You were having to wait several days to get a test and then you had to wait several more days to find out if it was positive or not. So we hunkered down like we had it. And that was a good call mm -hmm. because um, I was on day six before I found out I was positive with COVID. Okay. And by then um, I still felt really tired and really achy. I didn't attempt to even walk, which for me is unusual. Typically, as soon as I feel even remotely better, I'm going to get out and go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel like it. We were just really wiped out as a family. We didn't, any of us want to go do anything. Mm -hmm. And that was really the biggest lingering symptom. I knew I could stay home and had to stay home 10 days from work, but really plan to go back on day 11. Mm -hmm. um, but was very concerned about day eight that I, I didn't think I could do a whole day at work. Mm -hmm. um, really for us, day nine and 10, the switch was flipped 
And we all really started feeling um, markedly better by day nine and 10. Um, mm-hmm. I went to work um, as I'd hoped on what would be the equivalent of day 11. Mm-hmm. And while tired, um, it was manageable. Mm-hmm. So that, that was good. And I started walking again on day 11 as well. And so, so it was a gradual then back into things after that. So I have to ask if, so if you sound convinced that you didn't pick it up at school and sounds like you kind of triangulated and figured out where you got it. Can I ask where you think you got it? Yes, we think we got it from um, an end of the year sports party. Mm -hmm. Our family was with another family that we found out later um, rang up positive for COVID two days after that party. Oh, okay. We just don't go that many places altogether. Mm -hmm. And so- we really only had a couple of choices and we know someone was positive at that party. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what, we what were some of the things, the tricks um, and tips that you as a family did while you were sick, you know, that you think helped you all get through it without any major, um, you know, lo- obviously it depends on your body and your physiology, but are there any, you know, supplements that you took or did you drink lots of water? I mean, what were some things that you can kind of help out other people who are dealing with it right now that, that you think helped your family? We drank a lot of water. And then our, when we went to go get tested, our doctor that we saw at the testing facility said to try not to take any medicine unless we absolutely felt like we needed to. And so we didn't, um, we did have these, um, headaches that just were off and on and off and on all the time. And so we did take acetaminophen. Um, they were very clear. We shouldn't take ibuprofen. I didn't think at the time to ask why we shouldn't take ibuprofen, but we didn't, um, we took only acetaminophen and only as needed. They did tell us if we felt like we were getting more chest congestion to take mucinex. Mm-hmm. We never felt like we needed it, but we did feel like we could have, we, we had it. Um, I did a click list at a grocery store and I made sure we got that. Mm-hmm. So if we needed it, we would have had it lots of water. Um, everyone had, had said that from the beginning on the news and in the articles. And I would say I'm a fairly good water drinker. I was borderline obsessive water drinker. While I was at home, lots of water trying to, I guess, flush it out. Um, I don't know if it necessarily worked, Um, but I think a lot of it for us was resting. We just were tired. Mm -hmm. Um, If we hadn't known we had COVID, honestly, we probably after a couple of days would have gone to work and I could see that that would have been the worst Mm -hmm. Um, because you feel not, we just didn't feel that sick. I think of the previous guests and my goodness, what a, what a journey she's had. And mm-hmm. ours was just not quite um, anything like her experience. We had the much milder version. Mm-hmm. And so a bad cold is what we would describe it as. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's so scary about it. Cause we, I felt the same way. If I hadn't have known that my daughter tested positive and it had, had we not been at the doctor, I don't think any of us would have suspected COVID because it was, I mean, I felt sick, but I mean, I obviously would have gone and gotten tested and I would have stayed at home, but I don't know. It's just, I I'm with you. I don't think that we would have ever thought that it could have been COVID had we not had a direct, you know, correlation to it. So you see why it spreads so quickly. Cause a lot of people I'm sure feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Yes. And when you start to feel a little bit better, 
you think, well, I should go do things. I'm so glad that the media and um, I work in the school system, they were very clear on when I could return. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm grateful for that. My brain might've said, you're good to go back after day five. Um, <laughs> it's, it's good to not go back until you feel markedly better mm-hmm. because it does tend to linger. I've had other odd things that have happened over the last two or three weeks and probably they're just lingering effects from COVID if I had to make a guess. Mm-hmm. What are some of those things? Um, I lost my smell late, like the end of week two. Mm-hmm. And so um, things don't taste right still. I still can't smell. The other day I went into the office at our school and said, I smell something, but I don't know what. So I need someone to go smell the smell and tell me if there's something wrong. And there was, um, <laughs> we, had, we had a thing that needed addressed, but I can't tell what smells are. Um, I've started running again and my lungs feel like they're on fire after I run. It's not so bad when I run, Mm -hmm. but I'm having to take a day off in between running to let my lungs, I don't know that the word is heal, but just feel like they're ready to run again. It's Mm -hmm. almost like I have sore lungs. Like I would have sore legs from lifting hard, Mm -hmm. um, and it could be from cold. It could be that the weather is not ideal right now, but I've never had an issue like that before. Um, so that's been an issue. I feel like I should be able to go out and run six or seven miles. And so Saturday, I'm like, I feel good. I'm going to go out and run seven. Well, as most runners do, I went out three and a half and that was a really painful three and a half miles back in because I was really, really tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't prepared for that. I, f- I feel like most of the time I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding is I'm just not all the way back yet. And for someone who has a plan on when they want to run and what they're going to do, I've mm-hmm. had to really um, check in with my own self and say, okay, how do you really feel like that's the best decision for yourself today? And sometimes seven miles just definitely wasn't. I won't, I'll, I won't try that again anytime soon. Yeah. What have your doctors said? Like, what kind of advice have they given to you? Cause I, you know, I, I wonder about the lung as well. I mean, every once in a while I have, as I was mentioning before, like just sharp pain and I'm like, well, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it necessitate necess- necessitates a trip to the doctor or, you know, to get an x-ray, but I'm just curious about it. Um, and, and is it a lingering effect or what does it really mean? Is it, dangerous in the future? I don't know. There's just all these questions in my mind. So I'm curious if you've talked to your doctor about some of the issues that you've been dealing with and what they've said. All I have done so far is make sure my regular doctor knows that I have had it. Mm -hmm. She said, if I felt like I needed to come in, I could, Okay. but if I felt fine, um, I didn't need to come in so far. I keep attributing everything to, well, it's only been a month. Mm -hmm. We'll see how this feels for whatever reason in my head, February is my magic month. If I still Hmm. feel kind of awful three months out and by awful, I mean awful for me for the day after a run, Mm -hmm. um, then I, I think I probably will want to see somebody then February today seems like really far away. I'm not sure why I randomly picked February. (laughs) That's when I picked it. Um, Today with kind of tired lungs from only four miles yesterday, I don't know that I'll want to wait that long. Sure. Um, 
Mm-hmm. So we'll see, but she said it was very much up to me. If I felt, if I felt good and felt like I didn't need to see her, then I didn't need to come in. Okay. But she was also very clear that I might want to at some point. And all I needed to do was say that part that I've had COVID and I still have some concerns. Okay. It must, uh, for the two of you and everyone else who's had it, it, it must be um, frustrating and a bit um, nerve wracking to, to not only do you not know, but to have the medical professional not know. You know, so, so that it's like, okay, there, there's no one to turn to for answers because this is uncharted territory for everybody, mm-hmm. patient and caregivers alike. You know, you get on the internet and, you know, what are long haulers with COVID and you hear some really scary things. I'm 49. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I play the game of, is this perimenopause? Is this a cold? Is this post COVID? Is this? Yes. Um, I don't always know what it is. And I'm a little hesitant to go to the doctor and just say, well, I still can't smell. Um, because I don't know that she has any good solutions for me yet. I, I do wish there was more of a timeline. There isn't, it is what it is. I feel very grateful that I, I feel as good as I do, but it is this nagging uncertainty of, is this bad? Is this something I should get checked out? Or is this just what it is for a couple more weeks? Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I, this isn't funny, but it kind of is. I feel like every single thing that happens, I'm like, well, is it COVID? I mean, I have cramps. Is it my period? Is it COVID? Is it, I, I don't know. I think that people are like, it just attribute it to COVID, um, a post COVID diagnosis. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just so interesting to me. I don't know. Um, just a side note, 60 minutes had a really amazing, episode a few weeks ago about the long haulers and uh, Mount Sinai in New York city, they just opened up a whole treatment center for post COVID patients. Um, but I highly recommend watching that just go and find it online. Cause it was fascinating to listen to these people who are faring much worse than you or an I um, probably more so like Lauren, our last guest, but just, it, it, you know, and so they, they realize that it's such a huge problem with all the people that have dealt with COVID that they created a whole new center for it um, at Mount mm-hmm. Sinai. So there is, there are, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of dedication um, to the post COVID world and all of these mm-hmm. lingering side effects that people are kind of uncovering. So mm-hmm. see what happens. Oh, I think about that. That's, it's not just going to be medical ones, but it's going to be, you know, economic think tanks and, you know, uh, education being in education, Michelle, I mean, you know, you see what's going to be the lingering effects of COVID on people who never had it from the kids who stayed out of school. So you can kind of spiral down and I won't go there anymore, but, Mm -hmm. um, but on that note, um, Michelle, do you have any advice either on prevention or dealing with the illness that you can pass along? I feel like because I didn't have a really severe case that I'm not a very good person on any of those things. I do think the masks are huge. Um, We still wear masks everywhere. I thought we would be the the people who, well, we've had it. We don't even need to wear masks and would do it grumbling. And instead we're more dedicated than we were before Mm, because we don't want other people to get this. Um, I have parents that live not far from me. We're so thankful that we were not with them mm-hmm. when we got this because they didn't get it. But we also know that we're dedicated mask wearers. We do social distancing. We are careful where we go. Um, I, I would encourage people to follow the rules. And I do think if you, um, a lot of people probably should reach out to their doctors quicker than we did. We're um, reticent doctor goers as a family. Mm-hmm. Hindsight, um, 
you know, checking in with my doctor in February when I haven't spoken to her since November is probably not the best course of action. After I said those things to you, I'm like, mm-hmm, perhaps <laughs> you should listen to this for a moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I do think um, now that I'm sitting here with you all, I probably should call my doctor and make an appointment just to get checked out. Oh, good. And good. then if I still feel like this in February, we have something to start from instead of square one, we would at least be at square two. Right. Yeah. Smart move. Smart move. Yeah. We're glad we were able to help you and I'll be sending the bill to you, Michelle. So <laughs> thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe so, you have to talk things through and I yeah. guess I need to do that. Yeah, right. like, huh, how does that sound if I was listening to that? What would I be yelling back at this woman on the podcast? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I would tell her, go to the doctor. So I'll go to the doctor. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for letting us end this um, topic on a last. Michelle, thank you so much oh, for sharing it. with us. Happy to help. And thank you. And um, I, uh, I'm so grateful you guys are doing some, some conversations on this for women that are at the, the easier stage or the harder stage. What a gift to have some voices to listen to. So thanks for including me in it. Oh, thank you for being uh, one of them. Take good care, Michelle. Bye, Michelle. Right, thank you. Bye. <sighs> I think we just need to pause there for a moment because... Wow. Just really, really brought it home. Uh, living here in Oregon, you know, um, it's one of the states with the lowest rate of infection. And, and um, you know, I knock on wood, don't know anyone here in Oregon who has it. So wow. real eye opener to um, be listening to that. So, mm-hmm. huh. all right. Okay. Press reset. And Katie, many happy miles. Uh, no, no, I'm not signing off from the podcast right this second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so 2021 holds many great things we hope for all of us, particularly also in the many happy miles program. Um, Katie, I know, I think you and I are in agreement that of this 365 day, get you moving every day or get you resting when you need to, program. I think the most exciting thing for the new year is that the everyone who joins gets a training log created specifically by Dimity McDowell. And I have been copy editing it. So I can attest that it is vintage Dimity. It is just so great. We're so excited for it. Custom publishing job. The only way people can get it is by joining Many Happy Miles. So, um, yeah. So tell a couple other things though, about many happy miles. Well, just to build on that, um, you know, she obviously showed it, showed it to us a few times, the prototypes, and it just looks gorgeous too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's motivational quotes in there. And, um, I just think people are really going to find it to be a useful tool, but something mm-hmm. that they'll enjoy opening up every single day and be happy. And they'll be excited at the end of the, each month or each week to look at their, their training logs. So that's an amazing piece of it. Um, we're going to have expert coaches and workshops all year long, which we've done in the past too, which mm-hmm. I think is always a really fun thing for for the people that are part of it. Um, there are also opportunities to join a book club that's new in 2021 by our yes. very own Adrian Martini, mm-hmm. which will be a quarterly book club. And she'll do, you know, a fantastic job of just chatting about a couple different genres of books. And that's, that's, this is all optional, but that's, I think another thing that people are really excited about. Yeah. Um, we always have discounts throughout the year from some of our favorite brands. So that's mm-hmm. another great thing, but you know, from what I have heard, um, outside of my own experience, I think a lot of people join it because they want 
something to virtually kick them out the door every single morning and get their feet moving one in front of the other. And that's what this program does. It tells you what to do every single day. And it's not just go run three miles at a tempo pace. I mean, it's really, really fun and innovative workouts that Mm -hmm. work, you know, all of your different muscle groups, obviously it's focused on running, but we do a whole strength component to it as well with um, live strength sessions with Dimity and some of our other Yeah. Live yoga sessions typically once a week. Um, and then a new strength circuit each month that Mm -hmm. Dimity serves up and then is demoed. And so it just really is inspiration, motivation, encouragement, you know, through our, the Facebook page, through the app, which we're switching over to a new app that, um, uh, is promised to be um, really great. So um, Dimity and a bunch of our ambassadors have checked it out, given it their stamp of approval. So if you want a piece of the action of, of the Many Happy Miles action, go to manyhappymiles.com to register. You can also go to anothermotherrunner.com to look for it there. But um, the easiest way is manyhappymiles.com to register. And also should mention that registration new is only open and any type of registration, whether it's renewal or registration, only open until January 10th. So yes. you got to hustle on over there. Yes. Yes. Sign up today. Don't yep. delay. <laughs> <laughs> our, our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Mm-hmm.